Hey, welcome back to the Strong Her Way to Eat, Move, and Live. Here we talk all things food freedom, fitness, and life transformation, helping you heal your relationship to food, exercise your body, and most importantly, yourself. I am very excited to be bringing you this conversation today with Sarah Jones. She is a money coach that I met. I'm not even sure how we met, but somehow on the internet, I'm so thankful for social media and all these different virtual events these days. And her and I had a couple of really great conversations and we really saw a lot of parallel in the way that um, behaviors with food and money are oftentimes kind of intermingled or end up showing up the same way, but just in two very different areas. So we are going to get into that conversation here eventually. But first, before we dive in, Sarah, I would love it if you would just kind of share a little bit about you, about what you do, who you help, and maybe how you ended up where you're at now. Mm, Well, thank you um, for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I I call myself kind of a serial entrepreneur or a multi-passionate creative. Um, I have this huge love of small business and starting businesses um, and particularly um, an infatuation with money. And it's kind of evolved over the years, but um, I love working with small business owners, solopreneurs. Um, I think that you're just inspiring, right? Inspiring business owners, people willing to jump out and do something different because they see a need in this world. And, and um, I love working with them and couples and individuals alike to bring peace, clarity, confidence, um, better communication um, to your financial lives that really creates true financial freedom. Um, And I think it's something that we all want, but oftentimes don't know exactly how to get there. A hundred percent. I think, I know this is something that we'll kind of touch on, but it's really, I think so much of it is kind of redefining what success truly looks like for you and figuring out how do you begin to live your life intentionally aligned with that version of success that you have for yourself versus chasing what the world says success is, maybe what you saw kind of modeled for you growing up and things of that nature. And then you said something else that really hit home too, in terms of money. And when you're working with couples, like how do you coming together to work on your money relationship or how you handle money so that it isn't a point of stress or an argument waiting to happen. Uh, For me, that was definitely something that I saw modeled a lot growing up where money, anytime that was brought up in certain relationships that really, I guess, formed a lot of like how I began to navigate life, it always led to fighting. It was super stressful, very tense. Uh, I saw a lot of behaviors now where I'm like, oh yeah, that was probably not a very healthy way to (laughs) engage with money or engage with your um, husband or your wife or something like that when it comes to finances. So I'm definitely excited uh, to kind of dive into that a little bit more. So Sarah, tell us a little bit, I love this about you, but um, you and your husband have recently become full-time RVers. We are um, almost two years now. 
Um, and you know, it's interesting how you brought up kind of that redefining success and, and looking back, you know, at what we might've learned growing up, you know, what we learned about money. And, you know, it's so interesting, Alicia, when I look at being a full-time RVer now and how I've gotten to this point that when I was younger growing up, a lot of conversations in my household were, um, there was a lot of arguing, a lot of fighting over money. There was a lot of the talk of there's never enough money. Right. And I grew up with my dad having a full-time job that came with housing and everything. Um, but he also had several businesses, right? Always picking up a side job, starting another business. And it just never felt like enough. And as I became an adult, what I learned from that and what I've just recently really kind of put all the pieces together with that is that that never enough led into a lot of my scarcity mindset. And when I looked at, as I've become older, um, I've always had multiple businesses, multiple jobs, um, but all for the wrong reason up until the past couple years ago, right? And before it was always based off of the premise of there was never enough money. I never felt successful because I wasn't making what other people were making. I didn't have the great conversations with my husband, right? We were all, we were fighting about money all the time. Mm -hmm. Just felt like I was telling my kids no. And so it was like, it was living as I was as a kid, right? And brought that clear into then my household with my own kids and my own relationships. And it's really been, frankly, in the past couple of years where I've recognized this and said, now I, I'm very happy to say I've got multiple businesses, but for the right reasons now, right? It's not based out of fear and scarcity. And it's really been the first time in my life that I felt successful that didn't have anything to do with the money coming in. Mm -hmm. And um, that's been a lot of work on mindset, a lot of work on um, you know, uh, evaluation, um, working with professionals, you know, with other people in different capacities to, to ask me the hard questions to really get me to reflect. And, um, that's led us now to being full-time RVers and really just jumping into life full speed ahead, not irresponsibly, but just jumping in and not holding ourselves back. Um, and I don't know that we've got time to go into the whole RV story and how all that came about because it definitely wasn't planned, but it has given me a new perspective on life and success and how then I work with my clients on defining what success looks like for them, because it's different for all of us. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you said so many different things there. My brain was like grabbing onto little things and let's circle back to this and let's, you know, go back and dive more into that. So we'll see if I can remember it all. But um, I love, I think first and foremost, it is about kind of evaluating like where you came from and really paying attention to the stories that you heard or what you saw modeled for you. For you, one of the things it was, there's never enough money. Right. And you, you saw your dad working extremely hard. He had all these different businesses, this job. And I can definitely relate to that where, you know, my dad made great money in the job that he worked for years, but there was never enough money. And looking back, it's like as soon as the money came in, he was in a hurry to spend it or like the money would come in and then we would spend it really quick. 
And it's interesting because I started to see that pattern in myself where it was like, I would start to make a lot of money. And then I was like quick to go out and buy things and spend the money kind of perpetuating this, that sort of like, I'm always working to make more, not recognizing that whatever I was thinking (laughs) about not having enough money or whatever, it was like, I was proving that to myself because I would quickly get the money to come in and then I would spend it. And so for me, a lot of the work has really just been learning how to have money sitting in my account and being okay with their money being there and not feeling like I need to hurry up and go out and spend it and being a little bit more intentional and mindful with what I am buying, where I am doing my shopping um, and just making purchases, right? And so that's one of the first parallels I think I see a lot of times between spending money and food is that if you tend to be kind of an impulsive shopper or you're you're sort of operating from that mindset of like there's never enough money and you're always out there kind of hustling to to bring in more money you're going to behave in a way that confirms that so whether that's truly under earning and not making as much money as you're capable of making or making money and then getting rid of it spending it blowing it you're probably doing some of that same kind of impulsive behavior around food, especially if you're operating from the diet mentality, which is very, you know, restricted, um, deprived, you can only eat this amount of food every single day. So it's like, it's those impulse bites, those impulse snacks, it's that there's never enough. So when I give finally give myself permission to eat, I'm going to overeat, because I don't know when I'm going to have the food again. Yeah. And it comes back a lot of times that's that scarcity mindset, you know, and there's a lot of negative energy mindsets out there, but scarcity I see show up a lot. Right. And and I think a lot of us have bits and pieces of, you know, of all the negative energy mindsets, but scarcity seems to be the one that kind of shows up in a lot of places and that can show up in very different ways. Um, you know, and it's interesting, a realization that I, literally just had a couple of days ago with me and scarcity mindset was I was always the one terrified to spend money. So if I got it in, it went into a savings account and like, it's not coming out. I will, I, I will do anything right to avoid pulling that money out of the savings account. But one thing I noticed um, in the past couple of days is how scarcity has shown up for me. And how it was a big part of my life for so long is I would buy, for example, a new pair of socks or a package of undergarments, right? And I wouldn't wear all of them. I would take half of the package and stick it in the back of the closet, right? And stick because I wasn't sure when I was going to have the money again to purchase. And I thought, I always want new socks. I always want to have, you know, that scarcity mindset and that even though I've been doing this for so long, even something in my own life, that realization just showed up. Right. And that's the power of really digging in and looking at what are those habits where, you know, um, and taking the time to just be really open and honest with yourself. And, you know, I see this with a lot of my clients with food as well. Mm -hmm. Um, that scarcity of, I don't know when I'm going to get to the grocery store next. So I'm going to buy it all today. You know, I, I bought more, you know, because it was on sale, even though 
I might not have had that money in my budget or I, I spent way more and I'm going to have to put another bill off. I don't know when this is going to go on sale again. Right. Right. And that comes from a place of scarcity mm -hmm. that I have to get it now because I don't know when I'm going to be able to get it in the future. Yeah. And there are two things that I think that kind of came up for me as you were talking. So one, it's definitely been the more into the mindset work that I've gotten to be way more intentional about how we talk to our kids about money. So instead of being like, we can't afford that, or we don't have the money for that, because that's not even true. Like we do have the money for it. We could afford it, but we're choosing not to spend our money this way. Right. And so it's like, we do have a budget in place. We have money assigned to go to these different bills or these different areas. And if our kids are like, Hey, we want this thing or like, Hey, can we go do this? Instead of saying, no, we don't have the money. We can't afford it. It's being honest because that's not even the truth, but it's just reframing it of like, no, like, you know, we didn't plan for that. Or this is not how we've decided to spend our money right now to just, you know, try to, I think, spare them a little bit from some of the, the mindset money stuff that my husband and I grew up with. Uh, and then I think the other thing too, like I definitely noticed my husband kind of tends to be, he's a little bit more of the saver that kind of like, nope, I just want to keep it. I want to have it all. And I tended to be very much the opposite. And so for us, it really has been kind of this learning of, you know, how do we sort of figure this out and come to the middle, right? It's not to be like total penny pincher, never spends any money. Um, if you don't like your reasons for not spending any money and then also not being the person that it's just like spends money all the time left and right without really being intentional or mindful about what purchases I'm making and really the why. Right. So it's like also looking at, okay, well, why do I feel the need to buy this stuff if it's on sale, if I don't actually need it? Right. Like, why do I feel the need to eat this snack or eat this dessert or something like that if I don't really need it? And it's not that either of those things are necessarily bad or make you a bad person. But I think the whole name of the game is just being more aware of the decisions of your behaviors and understanding the why beneath it, and then deciding on purpose if you actually like the reason that you're doing this with money or the, that you like the reason that you're, you know, you're, you have the food behaviors that you have. Absolutely. And I think too, in that same process is taking a look at your partner's behaviors and what they value. And you don't have to value the same thing. You don't necessarily, you don't have to agree with it, right? But it's about learning how to come together and honor who they are how they grew up, right? And honor the 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 changes that they want to make, right? While also doing that for yourself because you know, I did it for years. Hey, it's my way or the highway. Like this is the way we're doing it, right? And I never took the time. I don't like to use the word never. It took me a lot of years, right, to understand and to give my husband the opportunity to share really and then me to really listen to what he was trying to tell me. Right. Mm -hmm. Why these things were important for him, why, um, you know, he loved travel. That wasn't a big, I know, speaking as a full time RV <laughs> now, right. Travel wasn't a, a huge it's not um, one of my values. Right. Um, and it hasn't been for much of my life, but it was really high on his values list. Right. It's something that was really important for him. Um, it was really important for him that when 
you know, we went out to eat. If the kids wanted to bring a friend along, right? I was always the one saying no, because we barely have enough to pay for the four of us. How the heck are we going to, you know, pay for another mouth? And the truth was, is we could have, but I didn't see it that way. And I certainly wasn't listening to him, you know, when he was sharing these things. And so that evolution of, you know, communication really um, is important to, to take the time to listen to your spouse, but listen with open ears, right? Mm -hmm. Listen, not coming from the place of what you value, but really trying to understand what it is that they value and why these things are important. Why is it important for your husband to save? You know, Mm -hmm. what does that create for him? What does that, um, you know, what, what kind of safety and security and, and what does that bring for him? And, you know, let's honor that. Well, at the same time, let me honor myself and say, you know, these are what's high on my value list as well. And let's work together to come up with something that we can both work towards, right? And really about that compromise. And, you know, it really is the, I say the same with, um, you know, food and nutrition, you know, it's, it's not this all or nothing, you know, we have to save it all, or we have to spend it all, or it all has to go to vacation, or it all has to go to debt. It's not just each of us, you know, as, as individuals in a marriage, but it's really both of us together. Same thing with our food, right? It's, I almost hate to say, you know, everything in moderation, but really looking at what is the purpose for me to do this? What does this provide for me? What is really important for me? And, and, um, what are the, the hopes that I'm, that I'm working towards, right? What am I really working towards here? And to your point, why am I really doing this? Why have I done this in the past and what doesn't feel good? Those are the areas that I can work on going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We last year worked uh, as a couple with a money coach and that was such a good experience because it, it was helpful to have somebody kind of from the outside to just ask very strategic questions to create a space for both of us to kind of come and be super transparent and vulnerable and honest uh, without it feeling like maybe we were coming from different sides. Because I do think sometimes in a relationship, it can feel like you're on one side, he's on the other side, and we're like against each other. And one of the, I mean, I, I feel like I kind of learned this a while ago or had this epiphany where it's just recognizing that actually we're both on the same team. Like we're both want the best thing. We just might have a different idea of how to get there and what that looks like. But just having that mindset of like, we're playing on the same team. Like at the end of the day, we both want to see us win. We just might have a different idea of what winning looks like or what, how the strategy to get there. And so I think to do, I mean, definitely do the money work, with yourself, but also do some of the money work together with your spouse so that you guys can get on the same page. You can kind of figure out what's important to each other. What do you value? Why is that important? Um, And this kind of circles back to then using some, using those answers to help you kind of redefine success for you. Because I loved one of the things you said earlier, where you're like, this is, it was something to the effect of, I feel the most successful that I felt and it's completely independent of how much money I have. And that's huge because I think for so many of us, we think once I have this much in the bank or once I'm able to buy, you know, that house or have that car or that lifestyle, 
then I'll feel successful. And I see this a lot with women when it comes to a body, right? It's like, we have this idea of this weight or this body that I, I, I see and that I want. And once I reach that, then I can feel successful as a woman. Then I can feel successful in my body. So I just love that you kind of highlighted. It's like, yeah, I feel the most successful and it has nothing to do with how much money I have. You know, it's so true. And, and, you know, I, one thing I'd like to mention that, you know, I've said my husband and I, and, and all the couples that I've worked with, very few would fall into the category of really working in completely different directions. Most couples want the same things. Most couples really are kind of working towards a lot of the same things, but you're kind of doing it. I always said my husband and I were walking the same road, but we were doing it with our backs to each other. Right. And so his hands are working out here. Mine are on the other side working when really, if we would have just turned around, we could have been using both of our hands, right? All four um, to get where we wanted to go. But instead we were kind of walking the same road, but with our backs to each other. And I find that so often with the couples that I work with that we want the same things, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we really do. There, there are some, you know, exceptions to, to that rule, of course, but I think sometimes life just kind of gets in the way and we really forget what it is that we are working towards. A lot of unexpected things come in. It pulls up some triggers, some things that happened, you know, in the past that puts us into a different, you know, um, we kind of put our walls up and, and um, you know, communication can get really difficult. Um, and it's really important to remember that men and women think of money very differently, just like they think of food very differently, mm -hmm. right? Now, not, this isn't a hundred percent the case for everybody, but the majority, right? Men with money tend to see the bank account as um, not necessarily this, their success per se, but they like to have that money in the bank. It makes them feel good. It makes them feel like their hard work is, you know, is paying off. Right. If the, the money in the bank account, if it drops low, they feel like they're not supporting their family. They feel like they are not doing their job right in this world of, of taking care of their their family. And and um, they tend to like, you know, maybe some of the toys, you know, going out with the guys because that's like their reward. Right. For for working so hard. And women, we tend to see money in the bank, particularly like savings as safety and security. Right. And when we don't have that, it makes us feel like, how am I paying for the kids? How am I going to get them what they need? And it, it brings up a lot of insecurities when, you know, those those accounts start to drop low. And women, again, this is a generalization. It doesn't fit everybody, but we tend to be the ones that are going to give up our own self-care and the things that are important for us to make sure that our husbands and our kids get the things that they need. And I don't know if you notice this with clients, but oftentimes with my clients, I see it in their, um, their grocery bills and going out to eat. That's, that's where a lot of times this shows up. It's not that they're, you know, buying these extra things and impulse spending. It shows up in higher food budgets because that's where that scarcity you're giving up. If I'm not going to get, you know, my hair done, I'm probably going to buy a few extra things at the grocery store. Oh, that's right? interesting. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it is very interesting to see that correlation of, um, 
you know, where that, that emotion comes out in -hmm. terms of our spending. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's important to remember that, right. That we, we've, we think of money very differently and, and learning to honor that. I definitely see the women sort of foregoing taking care of themselves. And I think a lot of times it's unintentional, but to make sure that their household is running smoothly, the kids have what they need, they're getting everywhere on time, you know, husband's taken care of. If they run a business or in their career, like they don't run late on deadlines there. They make sure that they're, you know, really pouring into that. And so it's like, by the time they get around to even thinking about themselves and like, what do I need? Oh, maybe I need a nap. Maybe I need to actually slow down and eat some food today. Or, you know, when was the last time I just laid down and put my feet up without beating myself up thinking that I needed to be in the kitchen cleaning up, or I really should be doing something productive, right? Like quote unquote productive. And so I definitely see that translation. And a lot of times what sort of inadvertently ends up happening when you're not adequately meeting your needs of rest, nutrition, uh, sleep and exercise and relationships, you know, these kinds of things is that there are sort of net negative consequences that occur based on how you eat. Right. So it's like if you're not really considering yourself well enough to take care of yourself, to get 10 or 15 minutes of movement a day, eat some healthy, balanced meals, get enough sleep. You know, these just like very small sort of basic things to meet your needs. Chances are you're not going to really care about what you're putting into your mouth. Right. And so that's where I tend to see it's like more fast food or more eating out or maybe skipping meals. Um, not sleeping. So staying up really late, right? Watching Netflix or being on your phone as kind of a fake way to rest, right? It's like, those things are very mindless. It doesn't really feel like you're having to put out any more of your energy, but it also isn't really restorative, right? In some ways it can be very depleting. Like you mentioned before we hit record, it can kind of spin or create some of that comparison, but then you end up behind sort of the eight ball because you're, you know, you're tired, you're staying up late. And so that kind of bleeds into the next day where it's like, if you can just really identify, like, what are the very small basic things that if you did this for yourself on a daily basis would have this huge domino effect and really ripple out into every single area of your life. And instead of feeling depleted, taking care of your kids, making sure your husband has what he needs, running your house, you're actually doing that with a little bit of energy because you're taking care of your own needs as well. I find that, you know, it's again, money ties into that so closely as well, because um, I see people working really hard, whether you work outside of the home or inside, right? Whether you have a full-time or a part-time, it doesn't matter. We all work hard, right, at, at, at our respective jobs. But when you feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck, right, you're compensating in some other areas. You're probably not, you know, self-care is kind of this trendy word now, right? But it's not selfish. You really need to put money aside for taking care of yourself. And what does that mean? It means maybe changing your grocery budget so you can get some different types of food that are a little bit, you know, maybe more balanced, maybe a little bit healthier, right? Maybe it is about taking a few minutes extra a week to plan out some meals 
So you're not running through the drive-through, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's that time of sitting down and just looking at your checkbook, right? Really taking a look at it instead of always sweeping it under the rug. And, and, um, cause here's the, the hard truth is that it's not going away. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us, I hear it over and over. We say, you know, I'll never be able to retire. You know, I'm going to have to work until the day I die. And that doesn't have to be the case, just like it doesn't have to be the case of not feeling good. Right. If you, and it's not about weight, um, but it's about really feeling healthy. Right. And, and you don't have to eat the foods that make you feel like crap all the time. You know, there are choices. We do have choices. They might not be easy, mm-hmm. but they're not meant to be easy. Right? right. I hear a lot of times people are like, Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. You got to choose your heart, right? It's either going to be hard now with a bigger payout later, or you're kind of taking the thing that feels the easiest in the moment, but then creates all sorts of hard for you down the road. As I love what you said about checking your, you know, looking at your checkbook or your bank account, instead of just trying to hide it or sweep it under the rug and just pretend like, it's not there, the spending, the money coming in, all of those kinds of things. I literally just recorded a podcast and, you know, shared that today and posted about the number one reason why maybe you shouldn't stop weighing yourself, right? It's like you, we, I mean, yes, absolutely. We have made the number on the scale mean something about us that it never should have meant. However, the number on the scale is completely a neutral number, right? It's like your highest weight could be somebody's like goal weight at some point, right? Or if if we were to sort of change the circumstance and it's like, oh yeah, you just got a check in the mail for whatever number just came up on the scale, you'd have a completely different feeling about that versus if, if you got a surprise bill for that same amount, Right. And so it's that idea of like, you can't just like hide from it forever and pretend like it doesn't exist, pretend like it's not there because it 100% is, but you can also choose how you want to look at your checkbook and the reality of how you're spending the money that's coming in, the behaviors that are behind it in the same way to jump on the scale, recognize that means nothing about your value or your worth as a person, but it is what it is. Like it's a data point. You can use the scale as a tool to see, okay, maybe the lifestyle choices or for some other factors that are at play, this is not trending in the direction that I want it to go. What changes do I want to make? But then also looking at it and really seeing like what comes up for you emotionally and mentally when you hop on the scale, what comes up for you mentally and emotionally when you open your checking account and you see, you're in the negative or you're maybe not going to have enough to cover the bills or suddenly there's not as much in there as you thought because you've just been swiping the debit card without really paying attention to how much money you're spending. And isn't it um, interesting how we give so much power, we give so much power to the scale and so much power to our checking account balance, right? We give so much power to money when really neither one of those tools holds any power. We give it that power. We, we allow the scale to dictate our emotions, right? We allow the scale to dictate maybe, oh, I'm going to go on a diet tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. Like I need to cut everything out or I'm going to, 
go on some crazy fad diet, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this because I need to lose the weight. And so we give so much power to these numbers and, and same goes to our bank account balance. You know, I, I call it living in reactive state or reactive mode all the time. When we look at our bank account and that balance, we use it to dictate our next actions. Mm-hmm. that's a really negative place to be all the time, right? If you're using that balance as the, the dictator of your next actions, what are you giving that money and that bank account balance a lot of power over your life? And yeah, it's going to lead to a lot of negative feelings, right? It's probably going to lead to impulse spending. It's mm-hmm. probably going to lead, and I'm saying this probably because I've seen it for years with hundreds of different people, right? Feelings of, inadequacy, feelings of frustration and anger, feelings of how come my wife spent this money? You know, she, why did she do that when we needed this? Or my husband went out with the guys and I needed groceries. And it leads to all of these negative feelings when in fact, it's just a tool. Mm -hmm. It really is just a tool. And we have so many choices available to us and more choices open up as we start making those changes, right? As we start moving into something that's not reactive all the time, but start planning and start understanding, okay, what have I been doing that I don't like, that's not serving me and, you know, implementing these small changes. Not everything's going to change overnight, but you open up so many more choices as you start moving into more of these positive, you know, choices and positive mindsets and and looking at things differently. And you move out of the reaction state. Mm -hmm. Um, which I could go all, you know, into, you know, how our body reacts to, you know, being in reactive state in our nervous system, you know, inflammation and all of this. Um, I won't bore any of you with that, but it really does cause a lot of um, hormonal and, and just issues with the way our body operates. Right. And, and it affects our sleep. It affects everything. Mm-hmm. It affects our weight, right? It affects how we, our digestion, it affects everything. And so I think it really oftentimes comes down to being willing to be really honest with yourself about where you're at right now and understanding that not everything's going to change overnight Mm -hmm. that, you know, I, I posted on some of my social media this morning, you know, the person that you see today, you know, my husband and I, we are debt free And we're, you know, I'll say we're fairly young, you know, we're, we're going to be 44 this year and, you know, we're debt free and we're traveling all over and, and, um, you know, we've got some money in retirement and we're still working on that. You know, we're not where we, we fully want to be right now. You know, there are still goals and things that we're working towards, but what you're seeing today is a culmination of 18, 19 years of working together and all the hardships and the tears and the frustration and the celebrations and all of that, right, has led us to this point. And so um, I hope that it's a little bit of encouragement just to, to send out to everyone that it doesn't change overnight, that small steps repeated consistently really, really do make such a significant impact. Um, and you build on those over time. And I think with that, like, it's so important to have the vision in mind, to hold on to the vision, to think about that, like, think about where you're headed daily throughout, you know, even throughout the day to really help you make decisions that align with that vision, that bigger vision, right? Because a lot of times you are going to take so much action 
and feel like it's not paying off. You're not necessarily seeing the results come or not come as fast as you want. And so then the tendency is to think, you know, this isn't even working. Like, screw this. Like, I don't want to budget anymore. I don't want to, you know, get exercise or think about nutrition or meal plan anymore because it's not paying off. So it's like holding the tension between this bigger vision that you have for yourself in your life and just committing yourself to take those daily actions until you get there, right? And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have detours. You're not going to have setbacks. You're not going to have things that come up unexpectedly, but it's how you respond to those things, how you decide to pivot and sort of move and just keep going that's going to make all of the difference. So if we were to kind of sum up, like, what do you think are some of the most common things? I know we've had them kind of sprinkled in sort of the parallels between money and food. I'll start. I think one of them is definitely like that impulse spending or like the overspending and then the impulse eating and the overeating, the overconsumption of food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Another, you know, kind of correlation is, um, you know, redefining that success, you know, that having a large bank account doesn't necessarily mean that you're successful. And also being a certain weight doesn't mean that you're successful. It doesn't mean that you're healthy, right? That, that it's different for all of us. And so one certain number doesn't mean that you've hit the success button. Mm -hmm. And I think to kind of piggyback on that, just reiterating what you said in terms of you can feel successful without, in, you know, in this these two particular cases, without having X number of dollars in the bank or without being at whatever weight or having your body look the way that you want. I think another one, too, is kind of the all or nothing mentality, right, of like either you're being super diligent and like micromanaging your budget and never you know, maybe straying or not incorporating money that you're planning to spend intentionally on just doing fun things. And then I think the way that I see that show up is, you know, following a diet or a meal plan or a workout program, trying to do it perfect, never allowing for birthday parties or, you know, dates with your husband or something like that. And so it becomes this very like rigid thing that's fueled a lot by deprivation and restriction. And it's like, eventually all of that just kind of builds up. And then it's like, you know what? Screw this. Like, it's so hard. And then you just kind of either go maybe on like a spending binge (laughs) or you go on like a food binge or you completely quit working out or quit doing all of those things. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, another correlation, you know, that we kind of brought up um, is that, you know, the scale you know, your bank account balance, you know, money in general, it's, they're simply tools, Mm -hmm. right. And that we don't, we don't need to give them so much power. You know, we really release a lot of our control and a lot of power and they're just tools to help us get where it is that we want to go. And they can take us in a lot of different ways, right. But we have the ability to use them in a way that really benefits us not harm us. Mm-hmm. And then I think the last one is uh, where you were talking about how women, what you see with the money coaching side is that women will forgo maybe buying themselves new bras or new underwear or 
a new outfit or going to get their hair done or a massage or different things that they maybe want to do for themselves that make them feel better. They'll forgo doing that and put the money maybe in kids sports or in groceries or things like that. And then I think seeing where I see that a lot with time, right? It's like, oh yeah, I don't have the time. You know, I'm, I'm putting it all into these other buckets, my work or my career, my kids, my husband, my house. And then you're trying to sort of fill your cup from a dry well versus making sure that the well is good and plenty and you're pouring from kind of that overflowed place of like, okay, these are just some basic, simple things I can do to kind of fill my own cup that then allow me to really show up in a better way, right? You're not grouchy. You're not short. You're not tired. Um, you're not maybe resentful. Uh, so I think, you know, really just kind of figuring out how can you allocate some of your guys's funds to do something for yourself, whatever that is. And then how can you allocate or reallocate some of your time and the way that you're spending your energy and your time and what you're choosing to do to kind of take care of yourself as well? Mm. I don't think I could have said it any better, right? It's really, <laughs> it really does come down to that. And, and, you know, it's not selfish to take care of ourselves. You know, it, it really isn't. And, you know, I think there's a lot of people starting to change that language out there, but, you know, I'm happy that you're doing it. You know, I'm doing it. We're really changing that language and that stigma that it is most important to take care of yourself um, because nobody else is going to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, Sarah, this has been a great conversation. If you would like to just share quickly something that you have going on that you want to share with the audience or where they can learn more about you or working with you, if they decide that they need a money coach too. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Thank you. You know, I've got a couple of fun things happening. Um, I do have a couple of spots open for one-on-one um, clients. So I work very closely with, you know, solopreneurs, small business owners that are wanting to get their business finances in order to build sustainable, um, financially sustainable businesses, um, and also work on their personal finance side. So I do have a couple of one-on-one um, -on -one coaching spots available for that. And I am so excited. You know, I've got a new community that I'm putting together called the Financial Front Runners. This is a community for we're really just going to focus on personal finance um, and creating this community to help us because money is an emotional topic and it's often very difficult to talk about. And a lot of times our friends, our family, they don't really understand what we're trying to do. And so I'm creating this community of people that just provide support, you know, guidance, direction, celebrating together. Um, and so really excited that's getting going here. Um, very shortly. So, um, you know, the easiest way to get in touch with me, maybe email my website is um, keeping up with the Joneses, F as in financial and C as in coaching. So keeping up with the Joneses, FC.com is my email. It's probably the easiest way. And um, there's links on there to find me on social media. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for your time and sharing your expertise with us today. This was so fantastic. And I look forward to many more conversations on these topics. 
Thank you everybody for spending your time with us this week. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to learn more about Sarah, please head to her website. We'll have all of her links below. Um, if this episode, if somebody came to mind, go ahead and share that with them as well as that uh, would definitely be a blessing to them and will help the show get in front of even more people. So thanks again for spending your time with us and we'll be back again next week with another great episode. Until then, bye.